Hi everyone, this is Andy, and welcome to the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation podcast. Our goal at the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation is to support those diagnosed with nephrotic syndrome, their families, and the ongoing search for a cure. Our goal in this podcast is to introduce you to some of the inspirational people we've met in this journey, to spread awareness about nephrotic syndrome, and to help those in the trenches of this disease by connecting them to each other and allowing them to share in each other's experiences and even get helpful tips and information. Please keep in mind that we are not doctors and of course, none of the information provided in this podcast or any of the related sources should be looked at as medical advice or guidance of any sort. We're simply sharing stories, all of which are just stories. As is always the case, consult your doctor before making any decisions that might affect your health or that of your child. That being said, we absolutely love this format and we hope you do too. In this first episode, you'll get to know Jeremy and me, the co-hosts of the NSF podcast, and hear the inspiration behind it all. We'll give you a glimpse into what it's been like getting started and how our peer team has been such a major driver. You'll notice it wasn't the first episode we've recorded, but once we listened to it, we knew it was the right place to start to debut our podcast. We hope you enjoy it as much as we loved doing it. So on to the episode. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Andy. How are you? I'm good. I am doing well. That's so good. I love getting on the call and, and seeing you, seeing you, hearing you on these podcasts. So yeah, here we are on the Nephrotic Storm Foundation podcast. Here we are. And this is like our third one, basically. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? Pretty- Pretty much. This is, this is our third, yeah, third or, yeah. Fourth or something like that. Yeah. So anyone who's listening is really already kind of getting the the down and dirty, the in and out, the intimate view of what this looks like, right? Yes. The very, the very intimate view of what this looks like. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is why we're here. What I wanted to do today, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about why are we starting a podcast, what it means to us, how we got to this point, how this idea came about. And I just wanted to give our listeners a little chance to know you better and me better. And like I said, to kind of share the, the intimate details of what this looks like and sort of bring them along in our journey. Yeah. And before we got that started, I want to talk about the last one that we just recorded. And yeah. if you guys haven't listened to it yet, it's um, where Andy, Andy kind of tells hers and her family's story. And I thought there was so much power to that, Andy, because obviously, you know, all the time and all the different programs and the things that we've gotten to do together, you bring such a light and a power and energy about yourself that even I've done this, I guess, up until that moment where, you know, you kind of almost like are surprised that you guys are still kind of going through this. And I was just curious what it was like to go through that, that podcast and kind of just share your story almost not outside of the nephrotic syndrome foundation, but, but, you know, kind of a little bit separated from it. Yeah. It's kind of what this podcast is all about. My first observation was that my story was really long. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like, gosh, there is really so much packed in here because it is really long. That's the crazy thing about this journey is that our story started when Wilson was six and, um, you know, we went through so much that first year, but it didn't really end there. And just when you and I were talking, I realized, oh my goodness, I know we're still in the middle of it. We're still dealing with a lot of stuff. It's definitely different. I feel like I've got a different handle on it than I did that first year, but um, 
you know, it's still a lot. And it's kind of the why behind the podcast is because I wanted to give a chance to tell those stories, not just for me or you, but really a chance to give all parents and caregivers and even young warriors a chance to share their story and for others to hear it. There's so much power in that. And there's so much to relate to if you're going through it. And I think that's really a special thing we can provide. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're so fortunate at the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation that we have so many strong and powerful people in the peer team that I'm kind of looking forward to hearing all of their stories and really getting into it. Because I think one of the things that was so exciting for me about hearing your story, and and obviously I'm excited to hear all the other stories, is to really get to know you and just to do that. That was so much fun. And so I think looking forward to what we're looking to do, obviously we're going to be doing an interview style with, with the two of us together. But to do that and to get to know people, I think it's going to be yeah. so much fun and, and, and just to hear all their little, you know, what this day was like, or, you know, what this whole year was like, I, you know, I think it was, it's going to be really exciting. I totally agree. When I listened to your podcast, the one you did with Go Be More, John yeah. and Brian, I just learned so much stuff that we can't get into. And it's kind of the same thing when we get on those peer team calls with our amazing peer team. It can sometimes be our fourth or fifth call with that amazing group of people sharing our stories before we find out that, for example, Cynthia actually had a brain tumor when she was younger, right? Or that you had played soccer with a port in. Those are things that just don't come out until you've gotten really deep, until you've done like a deep dive with those individuals. And every time I read a story on one of these Facebook groups, of a new mom going through this or a dad who's kind of at wit's end or whatever it is, it's just so similar to what we went through that I'm excited about providing them a chance to hear the stories that connect people from across the country, across the world. And I think that the podcast is just a really special way to do that. So yeah, I agree with you. It's just a way to get to know people in a different way. And Like you said, hear the amazing stories of those people on that peer team. I am inspired by them every time we get together. Yeah, I think that's one of our big goals of the podcast is just to really bring people together and show that there are so many things that we've all had to go through. There have been times when I felt so alone in in having to do this. And I think, you know, one of our big goals is to, like you said, bring people together through just this big shared experience where no one story is the same, but you know, all of our stories in, in a sense and in a way is a little bit connected. Totally. Um, yeah. And and so, and so I, I think, you know, that's one of the big reasons it's, you know, this podcast is really important. You know, it's just to get, you know, that, that sense of unity together and that, and that we're all in this together and supporting each other as much as we can. And I think if I would have felt that when I was really first diagnosed or, or, you know, even in the, in the middle of it or the thick of it, I think that would have really just changed so much about how I went through it. And it would have yeah. made the whole experience maybe not easier, but, but maybe a little more comfortable knowing that there were so many other people on my side and going through this together. Yeah. And I actually think literally it does make it easier. You know, I always go back to that first conversation that you and I had where we talked about the blood draws and you were diagnosed at 14 with FSGS nephrotic syndrome. Like you said, you have had a very different journey than my son, Wilson, but yet there was so much that we connected on and you shared 
something that probably wasn't even a major part of your journey, but it was something so helpful to me as a mom that even having gone through this for eight years now, I never really thought about. And what it was, it was the story about how even as a grown man with a full beard and everything, you know, you go in to get your blood draws and you have your preferences based on all of the history and years of blood draws. You know, which arm they should use, you know, which vein they should target and which needle they should use. And that you just have gotten to the point where you're super comfortable. Like, you know, I want them to use the small needle. I don't look at me like that. That's what I do. That's how I do it. And I think that piece was really, it was that piece. And then you also talked a little bit about how you just approach those days and that just the concept of blood draws can trigger a little bit of PTSD, which I know that we all have, you know, I guarantee you, I have it. Wilson has it. I'm sure my whole family has it a little bit. So just acknowledging that was comforting for me as the second piece. And then the third piece was you would take those blood draws and you would add something fun to the end of it. Like, even if you don't normally get donuts, you'd go and treat yourself to a donut afterward. Those are the kinds of things. Sometimes when you're down in the trenches and you are just heads down and you're just trying to get your child to a blood draw and also trying to like eat healthy and keep them on track and make sure they take the medication at the same time and then get them to school after all that. You know, sometimes you forget that it's the little things that can make stuff like that so much easier. So I just found like connecting with you on that one point just sums up the power in telling stories to each other and connecting with each other, because that's a tangible tip that I think parents can use. Yeah. I could have (laughs) used. Well, yeah. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. And I think about when we were doing a call to get ready for one of the programs or or one of the events that we were going to be running. And Natalie just said something like she always has to be going and doing this thing. And, And I just related to that so much looking back and that always feels like such a unique thing to me like yeah. when I hang out with people who haven't had nephrotic syndrome and they're like hey let's just chill and hang out and chat and I'm like no we gotta go do something we gotta go and be getting going and on the other side when we were having those those early conversations between you and me and we're kind of thinking about the different stuff that we wanted to work together on and I like very briefly mentioned that I had had a double nephrectomy which to me yeah. now after you know transplants and dialysis and all the other stuff like that happened when I was 15. It was so long ago that to me, I had kind of forgotten how big of a deal that was. And then through our conversations, you, you kind of kept talking about, Hey, this was like a big thing. And this was a big part of it. And so I think that's one of the reasons you and I are going to make, or have been making such a good team with the podcast is you're still in your, your area of the journey with it. And, and I'm in a very different place. And so I think that's the part where I've gotten to do a lot of reflection and and there are days where you're still in the trenches of it. And so I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to be really exciting. But when we, I think when we first started talking, our first conversation was two or three hours long and then our next conversation was similar. And then we kind of brought up this idea of doing a podcast and we were both excited about it. And I think we've had a couple of false starts with getting it going yeah. and getting it moving, <laughs> but you know, it's just been, it's just been so cool, you know, brainstorming about how we yeah. would do it and why we would do it. You know? Right. I know. I really feel strongly about it. I, it's so funny because I was kind of sharing this new program endeavor with our board of the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation at our last meeting. And I was talking about how excited I was for the podcast and that we're launching it and just how powerful it's going to be. And one of our board members 
who's a really good friend of mine said, Andy, I just want to remind you that a year ago you had never even heard of a podcast. But as soon as she <laughs> turned me on to these, I was completely addicted. It became this funny joke because her name's Noelle and she and I would go back and forth talking all the time and everything started with, I was listening to this podcast. <laughs> I just completely fell in love with the format. For me, the format of a podcast is like literally gold. I mean, as a consumer of the podcast, it just fits me perfectly because I I'm a very busy person. I have a lot of stuff going on. There's not a lot of white space in my day. And so when I go on a walk with my dog, that's my podcast time. I love it. I look forward to it. I put it on my watch and I get to listen to these amazing podcasts and be inspired. And so I really personally fell in love with the format there. And then when I was thinking about it, and I think you suggested this idea, Jeremy, but it's so perfect. And I, it never wasn't something I thought I could do. It was more something that I loved, but I never really thought about how powerful it could be for our community. And now I, I just can't wait because I feel like one of the challenges that we have with our community is that nephrotic syndrome is a chronic illness. That means it is there 100% of the time, all the time. I mean, there's, no good way to say this, but it's not even something that you focus on for a couple years and then it's gone from your life. Even when it's gone, it's always in the back of your mind thinking about whether or not there's going to be a relapse or whether it's going to come back or something like that. And for most of us, it's just not even yet gone. So for most of the parents and caregivers who are in the trenches, in the journey, they literally deal with nephrotic syndrome 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so Sometimes even the virtual offerings that we have at the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation are hard to get people to come to. You know, we're certainly growing our community, we're growing our base, and it's becoming a lot different. But I really relate to that too, because sometimes when you finally get a couple of free moments, the last thing you want to do is attend a session about Nephrotic Syndrome or try to encourage your child to come to a seminar or something like that. So through the podcast, basically we can meet each parent where they are and help them in the way that they need when they need it. So when you're having a great month, you don't need to tap into this, go enjoy your month, right? <laughs> yeah. Do, I mean, live it, like celebrate it, welcome in the glory and the beauty of life that is in every single day. Soak it up when you get the chance. And then when you're having a harder time or when you're feeling like you need a little bit of information or support, or you're approaching a decision point, people can look into our podcast series and say like, who do they interview? Who's got the similar situation to me? Maybe my child's about to have a double nephrectomy. Maybe I can hear a little bit more about that through this offering. And so I just think that the format is such a respectful one. It just really provides information and makes it available to our community for them to use and access really on demand customize just for who they are. Yeah. And I, I think that speaks to a big point of, for the two of us, where we're trying to take it and what we're trying to do with it. I think one of the things that, that has been really exciting to the both of us is who are we going to have on it? Um, yeah. You know, you know, all the different people who are going to have on it and all their different journeys and stories from, you know, you and me and our peer team to like, I, right. you know, I seriously do want my mom to get on the podcast. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. We're going to speak it into existence and one day it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, then we also talk about healthcare providers and the different types of healthcare providers that we want to have on 
or maybe just, you know, something like where we have somebody talking about nutrition or just everybody's different stories. And when you think about that, each of those things, I think for me, I see as like one thing, you know, it's yeah. like one little finite thing of like, oh, it'd be cool to have this. But when you talk about, you know, when I think about the entire collection of it, it's really going to provide kind of, or at least I hope it provides kind of a really useful resource for people to feel comforted and united and have somewhere when, when they need to, to really dive into it and just say, okay, here's, this might help me or this might help me. And I think that's, that's really, really exciting. Yeah, I think so too. Someone in Chicago can hear your story and connect and listen to what you went through or someone in Canada can listen. It just opens the gate so much. A parent can listen and then say, oh, I think this would be a great podcast for, for you to listen to Wilson. Or I really started this because I wanted to have people tell their patient story, their mm -hmm. child's story, their journey as a patient themselves, people who are now in remission, how their journey went, kind of shining a light on some of the amazing stories that we've heard from our peer team. And you and I hear them all the time, but just to kind of offer insight as to what those look like, we have two individuals who are on our peer team. They're now both 27. They have since found out they were both diagnosed at the age of two, despite one now living in New Mexico and one now living in Seattle, they were treated by the exact same nephrologist at the exact same time at the exact same age. And they both tell the story about how their parents felt so alone. Their moms were the primary person who took them to appointments and that their parents felt like they were going through this 100% alone. Come to find out those moms were probably sitting in the exact same waiting room with their two-year-old daughters. Having yeah. the exact same feeling of feeling alone and, right. and they were right next to each other. It's, it's just crazy. To take it even one step further, what I really want to shine a light on is they both were really sick as kids. And one of the things that's always inspired me about Cynthia's journey is that she just talks so much about being in such a hard place as a child and a kid and being really, really sick, being overweight. She didn't feel good. And so she never wanted to be physically active. She didn't feel like it was for her. She just thought it was something that other people did. And now at the age of 27, she has been in remission, I think since the age of 18, maybe even longer than that. And she's a total fitness buff. And to me as a parent, it's so inspiring because it's a great indication of the fact that yes, you are in a really dark place right now. And yes, you cannot even see the light, but there is light and it may not come for years or it may come tomorrow. And to me, that was such an inspiring story to see her turn around and not to mention, she's just an incredible individual who has done some amazing and very impressive things. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So stories like that. And then, you know, I'm so excited to bring on, like you alluded to the providers, because as a mom of a patient, I have a really specific slice in view of the provider and I do get a slightly different angle because of our work at the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation. I do operate with a lot of providers on advisory boards from another angle that's provided for by the foundation and our work there. But to really get into a deep dive as to what does this look like for them? How do they find themselves in the practice of nephrology, right? What are their challenges and where do they see the profession going? And I just think that's super interesting to me, right? I would love to do that. Yeah. That's exciting. Doesn't it get you so excited? It, it really does get <laughs> me excited. And I, I was thinking about how obviously I've had so many amazing 
healthcare providers. And I've had amazing nurses and doctors and even some of the people, you know, just like a receptionist when I was having a bad day, just being so kind and generous or a phlebotomist or whoever, it's just been so um, amazing. But I have had those couple of doctors who just drove me crazy. And so totally. I was thinking, and so I was thinking, um, man, I hope I don't just ask some, some questions about my frustration <laughs> with some of those doctors, because I could um, very well see myself just, uh, I was a very argumentative kid. And so hopefully I don't go back to that when Oh, uh, no, I mean, providers. I think when you're in that journey, as a patient, going through all this really is very trying. I remember this one appointment we took Wilson to, and it wasn't even long ago. It was maybe 18 months ago. So he was probably 12 and a half, maybe 13, probably even 13. And he had been having some sinus issues again. When he was in second grade, he had a really extensive sinus surgery as a result of side effects from all the immunosuppressants he was on. He had this massive infection in all eight of his sinuses and had to have this four hour surgery to remove all the infection physically because antibiotics weren't working. So he's been through so much. I mean, he's been through all the stuff that goes along with that. And so a year ago, we had this appointment at Stanford and they wanted to do a scope up the nose, which is really a totally minor procedure. It's not even a procedure. It's in the office. You go in, it's not even something they tell you they want to do before they just spray a little numbing cream and they put a wire up your nasal passage. That's got a little tiny camera on the back of it. That doesn't sound minor to me. That sounds terribly invasive. I know. I feel so uncomfortable with that. But Wilson had had it done before. <laughs> yeah. And so much of this is just in your head, right? Or it just is about the need for control or like you're saying, it's about kind of like even just a little element of skepticism. I don't want to say distrust yeah. of providers. I just want to say, you know, these poor kids. So, I mean, I read, I read some sort of a, social media post a while back, which just said, basically, please give us grace. Give me grace when my 12 year old is throwing a complete fit because he doesn't want to have that procedure done. And Wilson did. He threw a complete fit over this procedure. I think he got to the point where he had been just basically refusing to do it. He's 12 and a half years old. You can't really do much about that at 12 yeah. and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And anyway, this social media post just spoke to that situation and just said, you know, I understand my son is being really difficult but it's because they have no control on anything in their life. And every provider they see, regardless of how kind and how nice they are, they're still taking away a little independence, a little normalcy. They're reminding you that you're sick. You know, there's just so much that goes into those appointments. It's way more than that little scope up your nose. Yeah. So much is wrapped up into it. And so I don't blame you, Jeremy, for your skepticism and your standing up for yourself and asking those questions and being a part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to do a quick shout out to Dr. Grimm, who I, who I know we both uh, know, yeah. you know, and he's such an incredible doctor. And I think we've both had the opportunity of working with him a couple of times. And, and he's at Stanford, right? Yeah. He, well, yeah. Um, the last time I talked to him, he was, I think to that point and looking back on it, I've definitely been that teenager you yeah. know, where it's something that feels really minor, but it's, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. It's so interesting to now hear your story with Wilson and, and just be like, yeah, I get that. I don't want that one yeah. thing done to me. You know, I know I've had these 10 other things and I was totally okay with it, but this one, I just can't handle for totally. whatever reason. 
everybody in the situation working with a little grace because there will be times when one person in that situation, whether it be the patient or the parent or the doctor who just isn't going to have that for whatever reason. Um, yeah. I was meaning to ask you, cause you said in the last episode that you went to Oakland Kaiser, right? No, but we went to Oakland um, for Wilson when we were yeah. first, they sent us to Oakland Children's Hospital. Oh. That was the first. Yeah. Okay. I had a wonderful experience with the doctor there. So I was going to ask if I, well, you know what? I have not personally had Wilson see anybody from Kaiser, but we have heard amazing things. And I know so many of the nephrologists from Kaiser and I've worked with them a lot through our foundation. We have been deeply impressed with that group. Yeah. If you ever see, I, I know he probably doesn't remember me, but, but I definitely remember him. Dr. Orloff. He was so incredible. If you ever hear of a Dr. Orloff, maybe he's re- retired now, but he was one of my first doctors that I worked with. Yeah. That's um, so good. But anyways, I was going to talk, you know, because, uh, <laughs> as we get into, into this whole thing, it's been so interesting to, you know, just hear all the different stories and ideas, um, about everything. And we're doing uh, shout outs right now. I want to shout out to John Rankin, who's been so totally with pretty much getting this whole thing off the ground and, and get, getting us some really awesome connections. Uh, there's an episode that we did with John I and mean, he's been so helpful to the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation with videos and different ways. But I think once a week, at least for the past three or four weeks, we've had uh, a video call with John, just how do we do this? How do we do that with the podcast? And he's been such a helpful resource for us with getting it going. Yeah. That really is one of the things I did want to share today was a little bit about what it's like to start something like this. And people will say, oh, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe you're doing that. And I always say, there's no little house of elves behind here. You know, there's no magic factory that turns these out. So, you know, it really is just me and my computer PDFing or PowerPointing some sort of a logo together or marketing piece or whatever it may be that comes out all fancy, right? Or folders for our donors or folders for when we go in to speak to providers at the hospitals. We put together this glossy folder and a PowerPoint presentation. And, you know, there's no magic elves that are churning those out. There's no place to buy those things. We just have to kind of like get into it and figure it out. And I feel like that is what this is all about. And it's kind of cool to be able to take people through that with this podcast, because when you start a foundation, as you know, Jeremy, with your other business endeavors, there's no manual. And I feel so connected to every small business owner and entrepreneur out there because of this, which is you're just making it up as you go. And this is a perfect example of that, which is we are not experts in podcasts. We literally are podcast consumers who love the idea and feel like it's a perfect fit with our mission from a foundation perspective. So here we are. And we just kind of stumbled upon John. John Rankin and Brian are the founders of Go Be More, which is an apparel company. And basically their whole mission is to inspire the world to go be more. And that is their hope that their apparel will do just that. And as part of that, they have launched this podcast series, which I would recommend everyone listen to it because there's so much interesting information there. But we stumbled across John. I found him on Instagram. I loved his message of the just one challenge. And really what the just one challenge is about is inspiring people to set their expectations low in order to encourage them to keep moving. 
And I felt such a deep connection to that with our nephrotic syndrome community, because I feel like sometimes our bar has to be really low. We don't operate in the same space as a lot of the world. And sometimes a win should just be if you got yourself into the shower that day, or if you get your child to school that day, or manage to smile when you really felt like crumbling. I just felt a, such a deep connection with him. Jeremy, you actually really helped me. You connected with him. I know you guys just felt like you'd known each other forever. And I know you shared with him our idea about the podcast. And like you said, since then, they've become such mentors. They've not only been mentors in terms of how do you actually do it, but I feel like they've been motivators. I guess that's what they do, right? Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's part of what <laughs> they do. Now that I say that yeah. out loud. <laughs> that's what they're very, very good at. Um, and it was so interesting when I first connected with John and we were talking about our stories because he was diagnosed with FSGS the year after I was. And our journeys have been so different since then. I went through the very traditional path and he went through a very non-traditional path to get to very different places. And just talking with him about that has been so interesting. And, and you brought up, you know, just, just the small victories. And when I was talking to John, we were talking about our journeys and something that really connected with me was just how difficult those little things can be. You know, you say something like just getting yourself into the shower, but there are days where that is just going to be monumental. And, and I, I think something that, that I've always kind of worked with is some days you just got to take what your body's given you and your body, you know, if it takes all of your energy to get into that shower, that's what you do, you know, but if there are other days where you feel more active or your body's feeling more active, then that's what you do. And with talking to John, you know, he's an Olympic runner, talking to him about that and to hear that even he had that struggle of just some days, you know, it's so hard to just do this one thing, you know, when we talk about the just one challenge. And it's been so exciting to talk to him about that and to share that experience with a fellow kidney warrior like John is, like you said, they've been so motivating and compassionate and helpful. Yeah. I honestly can't say enough good things. I appreciate this effort because of all the amazing people that I've met in it. That runs the gamut from people like John and Brian to you and all of the moms and dads and young kids out there. I mean, I, I don't want to use this saying or quote lightly because it's much more than this, but what these kids go through is truly developing the deepest, most amazing character inside them. And when I say that they are warriors, I mean, I believe it to the core of my being and the parents too. I mean, I just relate to every single mom or dad out there. I have been through a lot when it comes to seeing your child not healthy and wanting to change it and just knowing that you would do anything and not being able to. And I just, you know, the knocks that you face in this journey with nephrotic syndrome, the relapses that come unexpectedly over and over again, it requires an incredible amount of strength. And so I'm inspired by these individuals and, you know, the parents and the grandparents and the youngsters themselves. And I will tell you as an observer of our young adult group, you know, this peer team, that's something that I really hope I can, through this podcast, expose everyone who is a parent to that group. Because, you know, what I wasn't expecting when we formed that program and that group of individuals is that 
I would see so much strength and amazingness in those individuals. You know, they say going through these hard things makes you stronger. And I would never, ever, ever wish any of this on anybody, but having seen you guys and where you are now as young adults, you know, Jeremy, you're part of our peer team and Cynthia and Natalie and Jasmine and Michaela, I mean, having seen what they've gone through and they're just incredible individuals. They are clearly those people who have gone through something really, really hard. Many of them are still going through it and they are like, they're just badasses. I mean, they, are. Yeah, they really are. They're, they're world leader, highest quality individual people. And I, I just can't wait to share their stories. Yeah. I'm filled with so much gratitude for all of them. And I know for you as well, because we all talk about just, just like, like Andy, you talked about the elves, but you know, there are no elves behind here. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's true for every single one of us. And for those of them and, and for you, Andy, who are still in the thick of it and the trenches of it and still able to produce things and, and produce a program. And for you, you produce the Neuroprotic Syndrome Foundation. But I've been going through this for almost 15 years now, and I've never had a connection like I've had with the peer team. I haven't really ever had a group of people who I can connect to. And so I'm so grateful that what we all share with that peer team that was obviously created by you, Andy, it's really done so much for me. And I'm so grateful that that leads to helping others as well. It's really something where everybody's getting so much out of it because even those of us on the peer team still has such a, such a need and, and, and a yearning for this. Yeah. Um, and it's so helpful. Um, okay. Let me ask you a question back to our concept of this podcast and where we think it's going. Where do you see this podcast effort in six months, in two years? And I wanted to get that question before you asked me. It was, it was so funny again in talking to John and I think they just finished their 60th episode and I was listening to another podcast and they had just finished their 240th episode. And, and I was thinking about that and I was, I was like, oh my goodness, could you imagine us finish, finishing 60 episodes and what that would be like? And I think in six months, I would imagine that we have shared quite a lot of stories and this, this has grown to be something that we have a really good rhythm with. And in two years, I could see us really being able to take this to a place where this provides a, a great service for a lot of people, is my hope. Is I, I hope that in two years, we are really connecting with, with so many people that this is really helpful because I've never, I've never come across anything like this in a front, you know, a, a kidney related health podcast. And so just through hopefully word of mouth, this is really going to grow and grow and grow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm really what? excited about it. Every time we have one of these conversations, it, it honestly opens up like a new little porthole, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a new little light bulb goes off and it's like, in this case, you know, I think there's so much we can do to raise awareness about nephrotic syndrome through this podcast. And that's something that wasn't even on my radar screen for why we were starting it, but just talking about it. I mean, I'm so passionate about, about filling the need that is out there for the patient family who is in this journey. And I just, there's such a significant gap and that did not exist when we were going through this journey, I did not have what I needed. I needed to find another 
mom. I needed Wilson to find another six-year-old. I needed to hear another story about the medications we were talking about. I needed to hear whether I was supposed to give them the flu shot or not, and not just hear from a doctor. I needed to hear a lot of information. Obviously we're not giving any medical advice ever. These are just stories we're sharing, but they all could trigger a thought that maybe a parent might then be able to go follow up on and ask a provider about, or, you know, then another little light bulb goes off. And I think about, gosh, you know what? We could connect so many people. I mean, there's people who might listen to our podcast who might own a baseball team and say, Hey, you know, we'd love to have our baseball team get involved from a sponsorship perspective or a corporation perspective, or, a mental health provider who might be interested in providing our patients with mental health services. I have no idea, but I just feel like just telling our story is so impactful. Yeah. I was thinking about that from the provider standpoint and thinking about a doctor or a therapist or a nurse listening to this and just thinking about a doctor who had to go give a diagnosis the next day and Mm. and how hearing from a perspective of all of us and how we received a diagnosis, because I'm sure I I know for a fact, after a doctor gives a diagnosis, we don't go like, Hey, you did a great job, but maybe you could have done this, this, and this differently, you know? And so I think there are so many doctors out there who, when they're giving that really difficult diagnosis, they want to do their best they can to give all the information they can and do everything that they can. And so I think it would be really exciting to have a, have a, somebody who's giving a diagnosis, listen to this and, and have a different perspective. I think that would be really cool. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. Should we talk about maybe some of the challenges with getting, getting all this going? Yeah. Yeah. Or I, I think that's a real thing. Like getting anything off the ground takes a little while. One thing that I've learned in all the work that we've done is it's only worth it if you love it. So it's only worth it if it fills you up, if it takes you where you want to go. And sometimes you got to let things develop that way. The other thing I've learned is that you just got to get in there and start. It may not go the way you want it to go, but you kind of got to hit some closed doors before you hit the open door. I don't really know that there's been too many challenges. We slowed down a little bit and changed platform ideas and and that kind of thing, try to figure out how we edit a podcast, yeah. right? That's it. Those are technical apps that I think we're starting to use. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say they were challenges, but there were so many unexpected little details that you just kind of don't think go into producing something like this. You're just talking about like, what song do we use to, to have the intro and the outro and those yeah. little things. And most of the time they've been kind of fun. You know, it's been like, okay, now we have this little thing of like, how do we solve it? How do we do it? How are we going to break it down? And we really get to kind of create. And I love creating. I love getting into it and building something. And so I think that's been a lot of fun. I kind of feel like it's a very similar process to, um, have you ever done any like home remodel or anything like that? I just built my first bar. Oh, um, yeah. And and so that was an interesting process for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, totally. So this seems very similar to me than to when my husband and I first moved, we moved from San Francisco out to the East Bay before Wilson was diagnosed and we bought a total fixer upper (laughs) and we know nothing about fixing up houses. My parents actually fixed up their old house, but um, it's not like that information was like physically transferred to me. So you're sitting there facing this huge project. How do I even start? And sometimes you just got to get started and learn as you go. And one 
approach doesn't work. So you put it down and wait a little while and pick up something else. And eventually it all comes together. Or the other analogy that I like from my public accounting days, I bet you didn't even know I was a public accountant, Jeremy. John like mentioned that you were in accounting once. Yeah. That, that, that was why I asked you for the budget, like, like whatever <laughs> right. it was. Because John was like, hey, maybe you should ask Andy about this. Totally. But I wouldn't have guess public accountant. Yeah. So I got my start in finance and I was in finance for most of my professional career, but my first job was as a CPA for one of the big six accounting firms. Mm -hmm. And this is the analogy we used to use. Basically we were in charge of audits for major public corporations. When they issue their financial statements, they have to get a big six accounting firm to sign off on them. There's so much work that goes into these things. And there's so many issues that come up with every single company. There's always something that doesn't look right. That's a big problem. You kind of got to go investigate it. And then something else comes up. We used to say, it's like pushing an elephant out a door and you just keep pushing and you just keep pushing and you just keep pushing and you know, there's no way it's ever going to fit. And then all of a sudden it just pops through. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like a lot of what we do is you just kind of keep working one foot in front of the other and eventually you'll get there. Yeah. And I think we're getting there. Yeah. I do too. The one thing I wanted to kind of touch on the, I don't, it hasn't been unexpected, but for me, I'm very open with my mental health because I think that's so important. It's been interesting having some of these and finding little things that come up that, that bring like flashbacks for me. And obviously mm -hmm. we talked about how I've been diagnosed with PTSD and most of us probably have some form of PTSD. But I think for me, it's always interesting when we record an episode and sometimes I'm like, oh, it's weird that I'm having this little flashback come up or this little thing come up for me. It was some kind of event that happened that maybe I, I hadn't thought about in a long time or something like that. And so I think sometimes when we record, there's a lot of there's some self-care that goes into it afterwards. Yeah. For me. And it's not like my favorite thing. And, and I think there's so much benefit to doing this podcast in so many different ways, but I do, you know, I do just want to bring up that sometimes just talking about the stuff brings up stuff and, you know, it turns the mud a little bit and get, it gets things kicked up as I go through this process and the process of treating my PTSD through EMDR therapy. That's one of those things that you keep working on and you keep yeah. doing. So that's been a little bit that, unexpected. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that, Jeremy. I think that that, again, it, every single person who goes through this journey relates to. It's a lot. It's a lot to carry on any daily basis. And when you bring it up and you really dissect it and unpack it and talk all about it, you're reliving it a little bit. And mm -hmm. it's really a lot. That's why I say like in those months where things are just wonderful, go enjoy wonderful. Go enjoy a child being able to go to school, go enjoy your family vacation, go enjoy the beach, right? Do whatever it is that makes you feel normal and live in the moment. And so sometimes when we're doing something like this, when we're really churning the mud, it's hard because you're talking about difficult things that sometimes we like to, or have to pretend aren't really there. So yeah. I deeply appreciate your willingness to kind of stick it out, to share and tell these stories and be vulnerable and, from there, the world is our oyster. I mean, we can help so many people make so many amazing connections and do so much good. I'm really grateful that you are the person who's willing to do that. I appreciate that. And obviously you and I are going to talk a lot more about that kind of stuff when we do, yeah. when our, when my episode is coming up and it should be coming up here pretty shortly. And yeah. I think 
when we talk about that in the episodes moving forward, I know we've talked a lot about the episodes coming up and moving forward and the different things that we're looking for. I think our plan is to start with the peer team and go Mm -hmm. through there. And then we're going to do, we'll get a lot of other people involved and get into the episodes, but we're definitely going to get Natalie and Cynthia and a couple of the others on in the next couple of weeks, next month or so going forward. Yeah, I really see. I mean, that was one of those helpful questions that John asked us at one of our little check-ins was what's your target demographic? And that was such an inspiring question for me or motivating question for me, because I had never put that to paper when it comes to thinking about this podcast for NSF. And it really helped me articulate where I want our focus to be, you know, where I think our biggest benefit is you and I both agreed on this, but really you know, 80% of our target demographic is probably going to be caregivers or young adults who are patients or caregivers of a patient. Yeah. And then I think there's a demographic who are people who might be interested in getting involved, whether that's as a donor or a volunteer or some sort of a supporter. And maybe it's like 80, 20 in that area. But I kind of see that that's where we're going. And from there, we have such a good path as to the different categories of guests we can bring on. And I'm really excited about opening up each of those opportunities for those individuals to share their stories, the providers to share their stories, and then even just inspirational individuals to come on and share a little bit of their journey. So we just had one of our sessions for Finding Health. Recently, the young girl who led the activity is 10 and her dad is in the healthcare industry, Dr. Ryan Lazarus. He's a licensed chiropractor. He's got a practice up in Napa and then here in the Bay area as well, but he was sharing his story and he was in a really debilitating sports accident when he was 14 and had to have surgery, had to have two organs removed and Wow. As a result, he led a very different life. It reminded me, Jeremy, a lot of what you probably went through. He at 14 was going through an entirely different life than all of those people who were probably on his sports team and going on to pursue their passion and maybe sports dreams. And he talked about kind of the anger that created in him. And now he and his daughter started this business called the gift of being grateful. And we, you know, brought that into our community for nephrotic syndrome patients, because we have to work really hard to find what we're grateful for. Like a lot of times as patients, we don't even have our health to be grateful for. And so what, you know, you're, you're kind of working at a different level than most, but anyway, he's an example of a guest. I would love to bring on to share his story and that parallel that runs so deeply with what we face as nephrotic syndrome families. Yeah. And, you know, I would imagine there are going to be people like that who maybe don't have the, have gone through something with nephrotic syndrome, but have gone through something similar surgeries, blood draws, whatever it is, and that they would, that they would want to get involved. And I know we've already had people who have talked about wanting to get involved with the podcast and who have, you know, who want to get engaged how are some ways that people could get involved and engage with the podcast? Yeah, we would welcome any interest, whether it's somebody who might be interested in supporting from a business perspective and getting some advertising, national space, whatever, or someone who wants to tell their story. 
or has some ideas for interesting guests, any of those, I would welcome connection in any of those areas. And I would say, you know, email me, email me, Andy at nephrotic syndrome foundation.org. Go onto our website, social media pages, nephrotic syndrome foundation, both Instagram, Facebook, I think our Twitter handle is a little different, but we're on everything, (laughs) everything I can think of. So yeah, reach us for sure. I was trying to think, do you think we'll do like a listener mail? Do you think we'll do something like that? Totally. I would love to do that. Yeah. I thought it would be so cool to do that, but also to do, you know, because when we, when we run a program, sometimes we get questions, you know, we get so many questions that we can't quite get to all of them. Yeah. Maybe even asking some of those that apply to that specific person that we're interviewing that asking them that question might be kind of cool as well. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Andy, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. We're both pretty excited. And obviously, you know, if anybody is looking to get involved, we would love to hear from you and you can find us in all the different places that Andy just mentioned. And we look forward to, what do you think? 240, 60 more of these of these podcasts. Are you ready for that? I'm ready for that. <laughs> but maybe we start with 12. <laughs> 12. That, that's good. Yeah. Maybe we'll do our next check-in at 12. But awesome, Andy. Well, we are looking forward to it. And as always, thank you everybody for, for listening. Love it, Jeremy. Thanks so much. Andy, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Next up, we'll talk with Andy about her story or really Wilson's, and hear about everything from his diagnosis at the age of six to some of the bigger challenges they've faced and how they've navigated them, what it means to them today and how it's all fed into building the Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation. We can't wait and we hope you'll tune in. As always, please reach out to us with any feedback or suggestions. You can find us on Instagram at Nephrotic Syndrome Foundation and online at our website, www.nephroticsyndromefoundation.org. And be sure to subscribe for more podcast episodes and inspiring stories. See y'all soon.